We're fucking live. Talking about you the greatest on the Joe Madness show. Got your mail, I got your bad news. Coming to you straight out of the shitty tone, the 726. We're kicking this shit off right. The Tournament of Podcast. We got everyday talk with Lamar trying to make a right. Jared Canton's podcast. Dolio. Alright. Who's excited? Come on. Alright, cut the fucking music, man. It's not about me tonight. It's about these shows. So, here we go. We're going to load the first one up. We got Jared Canton's Dolio. As soon as it loads up, right? So we got a lot of stuff going on. So I don't know if you guys know now, but there's been a lot of breaking news, you know, before we get started. You know, the NBA is shut down. They're shutting down shit everywhere. Six Flags here in the States is shut down. Ah, it's, a, it's an awful week, man, to be human. Unfortunately, that's what we are, right? All of us are fucking humans, right? This COVID-19 is real. The boogeyman is real. Joe Madness's show is fucking real. So much awful stuff going on around the fucking planet. Lo and behold, we're doing a fucking show right now to entertain the masses. Get the people excited. And of course we got problems, eh? We got fucking problems. Tell my bus sprout doesn't want to help me out right now. All right, let's click on it again. Maybe it'll work. So, so like I mentioned, everything's shutting down. We got, man, there's so much going on. So while I'm looking up this stuff right now, we'll go and talk some more. So apparently everybody's buying up all the toilet paper. I don't know why. Doesn't make any sense to me, but you know what is what it is, right? During a pandemic, the one thing you want to do is be able to wipe your ass, apparently. You know you guys are full of shit, right? So many of you guys are fucking full of shit, man. Fucking sitting there making up lies on the daily about this and that and man, what are you doing with yourself? So the NBA shut down. We got a bunch of celebrities like, I don't know, who do we got? We got Tom Hanks infected. We got NBA players infected. Donald Trump, the president of the United States of America, declared it finally a national emergency. All right, so here we go. We got Dolio. You can find his podcast everywhere podcasts are played. I'm talking about Stitcher. I'm talking about Apple Podcasts. Buzzsprout, a fictional audiobook with effects and dramatization presented in serial format. Dolio tells the story of a truly decent man with a unique affliction who, via the trying experiences of his life, reaches a breaking point, propelling him into the world of vigilante. Man, can I say the word vigilantism? All right. I would have just said vigilante, right? Right? Upon embarking on this well intentioned Intention Mission Dolio evolves into a vigilante story unlike any you've ever read or heard. 
with an emphasis on realism and explores overwhelming odds, slip-ups, and failures that would accompany an every man deciding to take the law into his own hands. Alright, so it, it's got like another fucking paragraph, man. You know what? Let's just play the fucking show, why not? So we're on Apple Podcasts right now because I'm not signing up for Buzzsprout. I'm really not. I don't know what that is and ask me if I care. really don't care. So we're going to have to go back to... We're going to the archives for this one. All right. <sighs> Supplement for tissues. Way more expensive, but TP can serve the same purpose. Hmm. Well, there you go. You know, if you're a fucking hobo like me, just grab a pillowcase. Blow your nose, right? If you don't got a fucking tissue, just squeeze like that. Blow. Clean your hands. It is what it is, right? Come on. It ain't that serious, you guys. All right, so this one, it says, Ryder must frantically race against time to combat a swarming threat that uniquely requires a person of his abilities. All right. This was actually published on October 23rd, 2019. So there you go. Food for thought, right? Hot fucking mic. 17 minutes. We're going to play the whole fucking thing. Here we go, hot fucking Mike. This is Dolio, an original thriller fiction podcast presented in serialized format, a chapter at a time, written by Jared Canton, narrated by Joshua Canton, a Steady Chaos production, 2019. Oh, if you guys didn't know, this guy's fucking famous. He really is. anything else he took off my clothes I, I didn't say no her what the eyes hell? caught the light and I watched as they sparkled through tears her mouth rounded and she blew a short calm breath out the smell of cinnamon gum splashed my face then I, I think I took off his pants or, or maybe he did we were both pretty much naked after that I remained still gave her time time to recount for the first time aloud but she must recount in her mind every waking minute. He, he was touching me. She brought her arms across her chest and locked her hand on the opposite elbow protectively. Her shoulder twisted up unevenly. When he got on top of me, I said stop. He did. Her hands rubbed her upper arms, still draped in front of her protectively. Then he rolled off of me and I started to fall asleep. But before I could, I felt him get back on top of me. I told him no, but this time he didn't listen. He started, and I, I remember pushing on his chest. I knew I couldn't stop him, so I asked him to wear a condom. I don't know why I did it, or how I mustered the courage. He laughed and put one on, made some kind of crude comment I can't remember, and, and I pushed on his chest hard and told him no. I hit him, and then he held both my arms down. Her hands began shaking and she pulled him to her mouth. Breath burst from her mouth and she began to cry. I stood and made my way over to her. I'm so sorry this happened to you. Her red eyes looked up at me. Her face was blotchy and her lower lip shook slightly. If you can find the strength to say what you just did to me, in court, he'll never hurt anyone again. Will you be there? Just 10 feet away. Will he be there? He will. With a final sigh, she wiped her face dry. And in a manner greatly betraying her limited years, she said, let's do it. Wow. Episode right. 7, Buzz. 
It's getting real. On the Joe Madness Show. Tournament of Podcast. Dolio. Episode 7. Park Street Station. Change here for the green line. Park Street Station. Change here for the green line. industrial-looking train car known simply as the T screeched to a lumbering halt. Through the window, I observed as the underground station bustled with activity and stewing noise. I centered my briefcase across my torso like a plow and made inadvertent but inevitable contact with at least 13 strangers while maneuvering to the sliding door. My feet hit the concrete outside the train, where another cluster of strangers smashed together, scurrying and jockeying for position into a narrowing gate like agitated cattle. I worked my way across the concrete box of a room, past two coffee stands and a Boston t-shirt stand, where I reached an escalator before opting for the traditional stairs. The stairs were wider and far less crowded, and I briskly ascended them two at a time. The late fall breeze blasted my bare face as other scurrying humans concealed their heads in hoods and hats, and faces in scarves and collars. I slithered through them until I reached the overcrowded metal bars near the latest, but hardly the only construction taking place in downtown Boston. The steel scaffolding covered the sidewalk and created a human tunnel that slowly filtered frustrated people through two at a time. I darted out of the other side of the tunneled structure just in time to dodge a heavy-set man as he hopelessly angled to squeeze his way around me. I glanced left, then right, and sprinted across the street despite the glowing orange hand insisting I reconsider. Watch it! A man yelled from his window. Despite the apparent briskness of the evening, he lurched his entire body outside the driver's side window as he passed, communicating his displeasure with sharp word fragments and rabid hand gestures. I responded with an apologetic but dismissive wave and slipped into the next steel staging line pathway. Then I felt it. A mysterious but gentle tap not at the back of my head, and an intense sense of deja vu consumed my thoughts. I wandered back in time, back to that fateful fight with Brett a day my prideful selfishness drove a tragic outcome. The subject of the mental trigger this time, however, was not that entire heartbreaking event. It was not yet another reliving of the anxiety, regret, and dread from the Denton Elementary disaster, but rather a memory specific to that brief moment preceding Andrew's errant punch. It was that instant of precognition, the moment I had sensed physical contact coming and instinctively avoided it. Since that day, that tactile warning of impending harm had driven many sleepless nights. As a child, I had recalled Dr. Anderson educating Dad on the two qualities most unique to my particular iteration of CIPA. Tactile hyperesthesia and heightened titillation were afflictions, or perhaps curious abilities, inherent in my condition. I could feel touch, and light touch, more intensely and acutely than normal people. Dad had hypothesized my heightened sense of touch was the reason I didn't encounter injuries as commonly as other CIPA sufferers. While I didn't have a traditional pain response, Dad felt that increased sensitivity to even the lightest of touches could serve as an equally, 
or even more effective warning system. Sensing physical contact at its lightest, even on noticeable levels for others, could trigger my brain to react and evade. This was the only rational explanation I could fathom for how I'd anticipated and escaped Andrew's punch. I hadn't seen nor heard it coming, but I'd felt it. Possibly, I'd detected the energy, breeze, or the atmospheric shift it generated, but I had in fact sensed it. And now, as an adult, I was experiencing the same feeling again, for only the second time. But instead of reacting, I was frozen in a loop, analyzing this latest warning cyclically. The world quaked around me, and I lurched forward, away from the gentle gnawing sensation at my neck. A similar decision had served me well the last time. All-encompassing reverberations of carnage, twisting steel, shattering wood planks, and locked-up tires on pavement filled the night air. The concrete sidewalk hit back, and its rough grit flayed the skin from my elbows as my army crawled forward, away from the deafening threat. An intense sensation consumed my lower body. I looked back in time to see a small car lumber over my leg before colliding hard with the concrete barrier to my left. The staging rattled, groaned, and dropped metal and wood remnants from the sky. A vertical weight-bearing post to my left, apparently clipped by the car, bent at a 90-degree angle, and the entire staging buckled, sliding wooden platforms from above. It landed atop the deck of the small car, now at a full stop, steam spraying from its radiator. A star-shaped series of cracks had spidered across the windshield. I crawled free of the staging in time to hear a deep horn bell, cascading an echo down the street between two large high-rises. I scrambled to my feet, and my left leg resisted, buckling. I reached down and squeezed it, lifted my pant leg. My calf was red and swollen, but it didn't appear broken. I tested it with a stomp, and it held. I limped far enough into the street to see the horrifying source of the horn. A hiss thundered from a large semi-truck as its air brakes activated. The nose of the truck dove downward as I observed the driver in the cab urgently yank the oversized steering wheel. The truck's front end hopped loudly, resisting the mechanical effort to brake as it bore down on the small car, which was now half-buried under scaffolding remnant. I looked back at the car, front seat, man, slumped unconscious. The back seat was not visible from my angle. I'd never make it in time. I watched helplessly as the truck's... Oh man, it's getting pretty good. I don't know. Woo! Damn. That's like one of those podcasts you listen to. And, I don't know, time passes by so quickly. It really does. Hmm. Wow. Hmm, what's going to happen next? I don't know. Let's find out, right? Skittered. Now almost perpendicular to the direction it continued sliding. The flatbed payload reacted in an opposite fashion, folding the massive vehicle into a jackknife shape. The truck cab missed the car by mere feet, but the flatbed clipped the staging near the car hard, dumping its payload. Large wooden crates collapsed atop the vehicle like a pile of alphabet blocks over a matchbox car. The wooden crates split and splintered. Two slid off the car's roof, one from the hood, and they wedged themselves and piled upon one another between the car and the truck bed. The force pushed the car even tighter against the concrete barrier and staging remnants. Two oddly dressed truck drivers, one tall, one wide, jumped from the truck and scampered wearily towards the car, eyeing the scene inquisitively. Before it could react, they reached a large crate that had lodged itself against the passenger side door. They slid their hands under the box and lurched upward, but it barely budged. They stepped back hesitantly. One of the men, the taller of the two, began swinging wildly at the air. 
He broke into a sprint away from the accident as I hobbled towards it. Stay back, the wide man yelled. What's going on? I continued forward, peering left to see the taller man fervently waving back a gathering crowd. I anticipated flames or a fuel spill and the resulting explosion you might see in an 80s action movie. Bees, the wide man yelled. Bees, I said. We're a seasonal transport for pollination hives, he yelled across the remaining distance between us. Are you serious? I scolded. <laughs> he raised his arms to the sky apologetically. And you took the damn truck into the city streets? Took the wrong exit. We have to get out of here, he yelled as I closed the gap on him. A gentle buzz grew in volume with every step. What about him? I yelled, nodding towards the man in the car, still unconscious. I'll have to get the rest of my gear on, then I'll come back and try to get him out of there, but you should back the fuck up. A loud clang, then another, in cascading fashion, interrupted our conversation. A steel bar rolled off the remaining portion of the scaffolding. The long steel section javelined itself into the passenger side of the windshield and ripped the glass from its framing, exposing the man in the car to the cloud of furious bees. I don't think we can wait, I said, angling for a better view of the car. What I then saw dreadfully confirmed my theory. In the back was a car seat, more specifically, an infant car seat. It faced backwards, and I could see the baby's reflection in a small mirror hanging from the headrest. Oh, there's the a baby. baby. blinked, tilted its head ever so slightly, and then I heard it. There's a baby in there. Help me lift that box. I pointed, maybe ten feet away, to the crate that had fallen against the rear passenger side door. If we can lift that back onto the flatbed, I think we can get her out. That's several severed hives. It's cool out, and they're pissed. You have no idea what you're getting yourself into. The swarm of bees thickened, and several landed on and around the shattered windshield to the car. The wide man shook his head violently and retreated back towards his truck. Fucking bees. I threw my hands up and ran towards the cloud. The buzz Fucking bees. Until it was an all-consuming hum. I tried to move calmly, to limit my actions to only necessary motions and disruptions to the swarm. I could feel the tiny legs of the bees on my skin, my neck, ears, and then in my shirt and up my pant legs. Whoa, man. Get nasty. Each dried uniquely, but I couldn't tell if they were stinging me. I wasn't allergic, or so I didn't think. That said, I couldn't specifically recall ever being stung. Focus. I reached the crate, with my left hand pushed hard at its top, creating a small gap at the base. And with my right hand, I jammed a length of steel scaffolding under it. The deafening buzz continued. My skin crawled with tiny touches, sending uncontrollable shivers throughout my body. I levered the crate up with the pipe and threw my hand under it, then another, and lined the top edge against the flatbed. I squatted low and... Uh oh. <laughs> oh no. It's just spinning profusely right now. Alright, so while that loads up, so you're listening to Dolio. If you're tuning in for the first time, this is a tournament podcast, right? Here we go. <laughs> the other perched atop the flatbed edge. The hard part, however, was transitioning my grip to press it up and over that edge. I bent at the knees, preparing to explode upwards to create the momentum to shift grips and press it above my shoulders while my injured leg refused the load. I staggered back awkwardly and the crate crashed to rest. I panicked, looked through the insect cloud, saw no help coming, just the distant wails of a siren. I peeked into the sliver of back window not covered by the high crate remnants. There were bees moving awkwardly, slowly, walking along the edge of the car seat. My mind sifted through access possibilities. I couldn't lift the crate, not like this, not alone. I needed another option. Of course, the windshield. It was littered with glass shards, but it was an opening. I 
moved to the front of the car and crawled atop the hood belly down. I slipped under a section of scaffolding, pressing hard against the car's metal. I could feel bees crunching as I slithered across the hood, working my way over their cold, delicate bodies to the precipice of the windshield opening. The entryway was lined with twisted glass shards, some interconnected by an almost invisible film that held them together despite the cracks and breaks. The path was jagged, glass edging the opening like shark teeth. The inside of the car buzzed alive with sound. Bees occupied every nook and cranny and they darted angrily up windows and seat backs like irate miniature pinballs. I slid into the opening, felt pressure, and briefly envisioned the glass tearing at my stomach. Before forcing the thought back into a distant alcove of my mind, the baby's tiny face came into view. She had three or four red blotches scattered across plump cheeks. The buzzing yielded temporarily to more urgent infant cries, and I unhooked the car's seat harness with my off hand. Leaning against the center console, I lifted the baby from her seat and wrapped her in a pink blanket that had been previously strewn across her lap. I pulled her tightly to my body and scooted in reverse, wriggling backwards out of the windshield opening. On the way past, I reached for the driver's seatbelt buckle. I tried to trigger the release button. Nothing happened, because it wasn't fastened. At that moment, I suspected with strong certainty that he was dead, and that his forehead was the original cause of the web-like cracks in the windshield. I continued, one arm wrapped tightly around the baby, with little strength or dexterity available to keep my full body weight off the glass shards. I made it to, and rolled off the hood, stumbled to the pavement with the baby carefully secured. The truck driver appeared before me, full B gear, like a NASA astronaut. There's like so much going on in this. I handed over the infant, he turned and sprinted from the scene. I leaned forward, hands to knees, forcing a butt of dizziness from my head. I leapt back up on the hood, reached my right arm in, clasped the collar of the driver's shirt, and wheeled him out from the car. I turned in a single motion, yanked, and then dragged the man atop my shoulder with a shot put like motion. My feet staggered, and I hunched hard forward as I carried him on my back away from the incessant buzz of the angry cloud. Red and blue lights flashed to my right, and I mechanically turned in that direction towards a tall figure, dark blue pants, blue shirt, blurry, flashing lights behind him. We got you, man, he said. He ushered me to a bench at the edge of the sidewalk and asked me a few questions. I gave the answers I assumed he wanted, and he passed me off to a medical professional. Hmm. She asked a number of similar questions, inspected my stings, administered a shot of some kind to address my venom-induced dizziness, and departed, apparently satisfied with my condition. The tall man in blue returned. Dolio. It was clear he was a beat cop. You saved that baby, he said after a bewildering pause. He had a curious look on his face, as if he were sizing me up. And the guy? I asked. I figured you'd ask that. Nobody could have saved him. He was the grandfather. Died of a heart attack. It probably caused the accident. I nodded. You sure you're okay, man? I nodded again, wiggling the foot of my injured leg. The swelling had subsided some, and my range of motion had mostly returned. According to witnesses and paramedics, you were run over by a car, stung three dozen times and buried under scaffolding. It's incredible what you went through for that little girl. If he only knew of my condition, sacrifice would prove far less significant. My condition, my history of failed efforts and heroism, they both mitigated this apparent victory. Every victory. And still, despite my best efforts, a man was dead. He shook his head and exhaled at my silence. <sighs> you should go to the hospital. Get checked out, man. When your adrenaline wears off, you're going to be in a world of hurt. I'm good. With one final nod, I stole a glance at the carnage of the scene before burying it at my back. Another tragic event. Another brutal reminder. This world is a reliable abundance of cruelty and tragedy. Wow. 
Thank you for listening. Woo! Back for future episodes. Dolio, Dolio, Dolio. Subscribe and rate us on your favorite podcast application. Do it. Please visit the Steady Chaos Productions YouTube page and subscribe for more content from our production team. There we go. I love it. All right. Looks like we had a technical problem, but everything was recorded. Luckily, Ned Spindolio, man, shit, you know what, it's a lot of good shows, it really is, you know, I was selling the fellas and the lady, right, I think there's only one lady, <laughs> I was like, you know what, there is so much, I don't know, diversity in this podcasting tournament that if you started a network with just these folks, there would be so much content. So much listening material for everybody. I mean, you got my show, you got Dolio, you got the Chris podcast, you got Everyday Talk, Jim and Mike Talk. I mean, it's just so much goodness. It really is. I'm missing some. There's a, I don't know, there's a couple more, but just off top of my head, you know, that's what I can remember. Because I'm old, right? Let's play some music real quick, take a little break, and then when we return, we got... Right? We got the famous Lamar, champ maker right. Which is this guy's matchup, man. It's going to be really hard to judge. It really is. But, you know, it is what it is, you know? Got a lot of good stuff going on tonight. I really do. Directly following this tournament, I'm going to finish the video. I'm going to start a new live video. I'm going to do my own show. And there's going to be a lot of shit to talk about. So stay tuned for that, right? Right, let's play some more fucking music. Why not? Take a little break, and then we'll go straight into Everyday Talk with Lamar Chatmaker Wright. All right, here we go. We got anything new stuff yet, but, you know, we're working on it behind the scenes. Sometimes, anyways. Kind of makes it hard. Procrastination. So much shit going on. Woo! The Joe Madden Show is kicking. Call me Slur City. This speech can be something like a shutter, but never nothing related to a stutter. Sutter Holmes, Keystone Light, good times with my buddy, Old Crow Booze. Don't want to the voice, my shit's hot. No sound bite type of shit. Appreciate it, never replicated. Freddie Mercury gets a heart on, even six feet in the grave. Paintings get wet when they hear this. Men question sexuality when they consume this. They say a butterfly's wings can alter reality. But the sound of my voice can change humanity. The sound alters genetics after hearing madness. You'll be forced to fuck with prosthetics. Lines of coke hit your eye. Boys and lines of madness got holes, partner no existence. Question the words, call it silly. Help be the bitch to freeze Willie. Joe Madness, only on black. Coke. Radio. <clears throat> Woo, we're back. All right. Got some tunes, got some great podcasts. Beautiful fucking world, man. It really is. 
Unfortunately, you know what? It might be the end. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, you guys. I really don't, but I'm a little bit scared. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I am a little bit terrified at the state of the fucking world. really am. Luckily, though. Luckily, I mean, there's got to be some type of silver lining in it, right? Everybody's going crazy all around the planet. The government's out to get you, the boogeyman, and COVID-19, the coronavirus. I mean, so much fucking shit out there, man. There really is. Luckily for you, though, your boy Joe's got you. You know, as soon as I can find this goddamn episode. All right. Where is it at? I'm talking about everyday talk with Lamar Chapmaker Wright. So many messages. So many messages. All right. <clears throat> All right, so I think he was promoting that one. I don't think he wants us to play that one. All right, where we at? Oh, and if you guys didn't know, we got a lot of stuff going on after the tournament of podcasts. And I'm just talking because I am looking for stuff. <laughs> what are you going to do, man? God damn it. Where is Lamar's fucking episode? It's gotta be here somewhere. Fuck my life. Well, Lamar looks like he never submitted an episode. Oh, shit. Alright. Where's his episode at? Are you watching, Lamar? My face is getting a little bit red. Because I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. It happens every now and again. Alright, so... We got one... I don't know if this is the one he wants, but I can't find any other fucking episode that he wanted me to play. Let me check back in the, uh... Alright. Nope, Lamar never submitted one. Oh, he's submitting the Chronicles of Champmaker Right episode one. Okay. There's no link, apparently, but alright. We'll fuck with it, we'll fuck with it. Hey, so Lamar, what is the link? Are you there? <laughs> ah, that's funny. The Chronicles, right? The Chronicles of Chanmaker Ryan, I think that's what it said. And I just read it, but then I forgot. So let me go back and look. All right. That's what happens when you're old and, you know, you don't know what's going on. You kind of wake up and you're like, you know what? Today's a new fucking day. We got this. And then you quickly find out you still don't know what's going on. You don't really got it. All right, here we go. The Chronicles of Champmaker. All right, so that's what I'm going to Google right now. So just give me a minute. You know, you type in the Chronicles, and then the Chronicles and Narnia comes up. That's kind of funny. I don't know. I thought it was funny. There we go. So it's going to load. While we're doing that, you know, there's a dog crying outside. The world's on fire. I mean, goddamn. What are you going to do? All right, so... 
just gonna try type in uh, Apple Podcasts because that, that seems to be the best one. Now Lamar is a cool motherfucker. I don't know if you guys know about him. He does so many episodes, so many podcasts. This guy has his hands literally in everything, right? He trains a lot of world fighters and local fighters, and this guy is just. He's pretty amazing, if you want to say so, right? Here we go. Chronicles of Chan Maker, episode one. So it's coming up on uh, Anchor. I fucking hate Anchor, but we're going to fuck with it today. Why not? It's the only thing that's popping up for this one. So here we go. Episode one. Here we go. Kicking this shit off righteously. As soon as it fucking plays. Alright. Doo doo. Waiting for it to play. Blah blah. Come on. You are now tuned in to the hottest podcast in the world. With your host, Lamar Chanmaker Wright. Woo! Chanmaker. Come on. See what he's got to say. Welcome back to Everyday Talk. This is your host, Lamar Chanmaker Wright. I appreciate you guys all tuning in and listening. If you guys follow me on social media, I told you guys that I will be releasing an episode every Saturday, a new podcast called The Chronicles of the Chanmaker. And what The Chronicles of the Chanmaker is, is going to be a timeline and the story of my life i won't be sharing my story with you guys this is something that i've never done before um i usually try to keep my past hidden and don't really try to think about my past because it oh it's gonna be good too many unwanted memories that i have and the reason why i started why i said i'm gonna release this episode is because i'm currently writing a book called unforgotten childhood uh of my childhood and the way i was raised but I discovered that since writing this book, it just brought brought me a lot of anxiety. I was just dealing with a lot of anxiety because it was bringing up memories that I either forgot about or didn't want to remember. And it, was just, it just caused me a lot of anxiety, man. So I had stopped writing the book. But it's definitely a book that I'm going to get done, that I need to get done because I feel like people need to hear my story. And I want people to hear my story, even though I'm reluctant not to share my story. But... It needs to be out there. So this is what this episode is. It's called the Chronicles of the Chan Maker. Every Saturday at 6 a.m., a new episode of the Chronicles of the Chan Maker will be uploaded. So you guys can check it out and listen. And I please, please, I beg you guys to share this podcast. Let your Can you guys hear the dog crying in the background? It's so sad. You're talking about the first one started off with rape, right, with Dolio. Then it kicked off with a baby full of bees. And then now we're in about something else that's sad, right? A tale that garners everybody's attention. It's just like, you know what? This is what I went through, some hardships. This was this is what made me me, right? You got to love shit like this. And then you got a dog crying in the background. All right. This is Chronicles of the Champ Maker, episode one. Go ahead and check it out. 
Oh, there we go. Let us know about this podcast because I think we're doing some great things with this podcast. And also, like and subscribe to all the Everyday Talk pages, Facebook page, YouTube page. Make an Instagram page. I'm slow, uh, but I'm going to get it all done. But uh, anywho, right to the story. That's what you guys came here for. To see who is the champ maker. To see how he became the champ maker. And the champ maker is just how I became the person that I am today. I'm a winner in life. Uh, all the adversity I faced, that's why I call myself the champ maker. Uh, the champ maker is a symbol to me of just saving people from going down the paths that I went down. It has um, nothing to do, it has a, it has something to do, it's 50-50, something to do with the ring and something to do with life because I feel like if I was able to be in your life and uh, make a major impact in your life so you could be a successful citizen or person. All right, so I just want to stop this real quick. So when he, when he says the ring, though, he's talking about the boxing ring because this guy trains world fighters, right? He builds cats up from the bottom. He brings them up, and then he he does everything to appreciate them, man. He really loves the people. It really does. Person in life, I made a champion. Or if you're a successful person in the boxing ring, I made another champion. So this is my story and this is how it starts. Well, it has to begin with 10, 10, 1983. That is the year I was born. Oh shit, you're old. The old champ maker, <laughs> 10, 10, 1983. My son said that says that is a golden birthday. I don't know what a golden birthday is, but I'm gonna look it up because I've been meaning to look it up ever since he said, Dad, you know you got a golden birthday. 1010 is a golden birthday. So I'm gonna look that up and see what a golden birthday is. So if, if you guys don't know, I am a product of a interracial relationship. My mother's white, father's black. Uh, when I look at it, you know, when I was when I was a kid, I, I thought my upbringing was normal. Um, I had a mother who was a stripper. My dad met her in a strip club, uh, was going back and forth to the strip club every day for about two weeks or so. And I guess he had an interest in my mom. You know, my mom was a beautiful woman or is a, was a beautiful woman. Um, and my dad had an interest in her and he went back to the strip club every, you know, every night, uh, in the time that he knew her you know to conversate with her and get to know her more and buy her drinks and one night he realized he was not buying her rum and cokes because she left his drink with him one time and he she got up and he took a sip of her drink and realized it was only coke so uh that's the story that he shared with me and then <laughs> ah, that's when funny. We went back i brought her a six pack of coke and told her i wasn't wasting my money anymore because i'm buying all these drinks and it ain't even the real deal so anyway, after two weeks of knowing each other, I believe they got married, and that was it. You know, I was born. Uh, they had my sister and myself. But the earliest memories that I can remember, we stayed in these apartment complex in Toledo, Ohio, low-income um, apartments on airport, out airport highway called the Mercer Court. And um, a lot of things happened there. Boy, I got some real vivid memories of things uh, of things that went on a lot of what I remember of going on in my child and we we're probably me and my sister at this time probably three and four maybe a little younger maybe two and three 
but these are my earliest memories uh, that I can really speak on. And a lot of things that I can remember in the Mercer Court was just the violence. Uh, it was everywhere, man. The violence was everywhere. My mom was a very, very jealous, a very jealous person, a person who thought um, everyone was out to get her. Um, now that when we look back at it, my mom definitely has a mental illness that's been going untreated for at least 36 years. That's how old I am, at least 36 years. Uh, she always accused my dad of, you know, cheating on her. Um, while she was sleeping, he'll be at work or he'll be taking care of me and my sister. Um, but he always find a way in her mind or in her head to cheat. My dad worked during the days. My mom slept during the days because she was stripping at nighttime. So, you know, it was just confusing in that household. So while my dad would be at work during the days, my mom would be sleeping all day long. And you couldn't wake this lady up because if you woke this lady up, that would be like waking up the devil. So you just let this lady sleep. So I remember at this age, either three or four, that I, whatever age I was, I used to cook me and my sister food. Um, back then there was there was microwaves, but there weren't that common in the household. Um, so we I had to cook on the, the stove top. And our favorite food that I would cook for my sister would be uh, Chef Boyardee in a can, um, like raviolis or something. And I would cook those on a hot stove so we can get something to eat. Uh, because like I said, you didn't wake this lady up because she was the devil. If you woke her up, some bad shit was going to happen. My mom was, it was like kind of funny back then because she was like this lady, if you disrupted her, uh, like interrupted her sleep while she, and, uh, you know, she would turn into the devil. But then, you know, she was like, she was a loving person at times. So it was like confusing. It was like bipolarness with her. And that's probably what she had. But anyway, yeah, so we, you know, me and my sister would leave her sleep. Uh, we used to go in her purse, take her tips out of her purse, and we didn't know the denominator. You know, we didn't know the amount of money we were taking. We didn't know, you know, ten dollars, twenty dollars, fifty dollars. We didn't know what none of this were, or was, or, or how much it. Well, we didn't know the value of it. So, and then uh, you know, we used to sneak in her tips and take her tips, and we used to while she was asleep, you know, three or four years old, used to walk to uh, a corner, the In and Out Mark. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's it's free. That allow you to record and edit your podcast. This is a Chronicles of the Champ Maker episode one. Go and check his stuff out. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast. Woo, money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Directly following this tournament. We can see we can call these cats up and... Have them talk about what we just played. If they answer, right? And here we go. We're fucking back. We are back. Something like live on the Joe Madden Show. On airport, and we used to take this um, shortcut that was behind the uh, buildings that had a um, uh, big hole cut into a uh, the chain link fence, and we would walk behind there and we'll come. And we'll go into the store, buy whatever snacks and stuff that we wanted to buy. And then one day we got caught because we ended up taking a $50 bill in that store. The guy at the store ended up calling my mom and woke her up. 
uh, telling her that her kids was at the store with a $50 bill. And boy, you know, <laughs> I wish we would have took a $10 bill, $5 bill back then. Um, but yeah, that's what we used to do while she was sleeping. You know, we'd be roaming, going out to the store, probably, probably outside looking like a hot mess. Uh, one time I even took some money out of her tips before and walking down airport highway because I always seen this restaurant that had this big horse and carriage out front of it and I always wanted to eat there because this horse was so intriguing so while she was sleeping I told my sister I was going to the store and she needed to stay home I, I ended up walking to this restaurant and got myself went in there I didn't know how to order breakfast the the waitress came up and said what are you eating today and I said what can I get with this I showed her the money and she ordered me my breakfast and I ate my breakfast then walked back home <laughs> I, I love it the streets in Toledo Ohio at that time didn't even have sidewalks <laughs> on the on the uh, street what I remember the most about that time was the violence, and the violence was, let me tell you, the violence, it was like fucking WWE in the house when this lady got jealous and thought my dad was cheating on her. You know, I, I kind of wish she would have told us, though, how old he was when it, all this is going on. He's cooking, he's, I don't know, ordering breakfast at a restaurant. I mean, man, you know what I mean? So I can kind of picture it, though. Is it like a six-year-old? Is it more like a 12-year-old? You know what I mean? Shadow would 
start throwing knives knowing her son is right behind him. She didn't give a damn. All she wow. seen was she wanted to hurt and inflict damage on my dad. That's what she wanted to do. So she continues to whip these knives out of this drawer that she done grabbed from the, the kitchen. And it's, you know, 10, 20 knives is getting whipped up these steps. And my dad finally had enough of it. When she, you know, I think when she ran out of knives, my dad picked one up and like whipped it back at her. And I was like, wow. You know, me and my sister are both just sitting here watching this. And, you know, it was just crazy. But the, the amount of violence that we seen in this house, and it was all caused from her. My dad was never the uh, instigator or he never initiated any of it. Matter of fact, I never even seen my, my, my dad put his hands on my mom. And a lot of times he, he probably would have been justified to. But, you know, I never seen him do it. And I just, you know, I applaud him for that. And I applaud him for just taking, just going through what he went through, man, and never doing anything to her. Um, another act of violence that we've seen in the house, you know, my dad was asleep one day and one night. It could have been a daytime, I don't know. Um, but this lady wakes up saying my dad was cheating on her and he's on the couch asleep. And next thing he knows, he's got this big-ass butcher knife stuck in his leg and his, that nicked the artery. Oh, so shit. So he's screaming and begging and pleading with her to call 911. Uh, there's blood everywhere. She takes the phone out of the wall. She's telling him she's not calling 911, that he would die there because she's going to go to jail. If, he call, if she calls an ambulance and he's just begging and pleading to call an ambulance just call an ambulance just call an ambulance and she says no so then after about five minutes of pleading with her and really begging really literally begging for his life because his artery is nicked he tells her I will tell the police that I came in the house like this you had nothing to do with it then she she let him then she called for help for him and but man, to, you know, to, when me and my sister witnessed all this, man, all this violence inside of this house, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine other kids seeing this, man. I couldn't even imagine my kids seeing, seeing that type of stuff. I, I couldn't imagine. I, I don't, I don't know how someone uh, allows themselves to do these type of things in front of their kids. And don't realize what type of mental effect that it has on them and what it does to them growing up in life. Just seeing all this violence, uh, seeing the arguments, seeing the fights, um, just because she was actually dealing with a mental illness that I can say now she was definitely dealing with a mental illness when I look back at it. And she's still dealing with this mental illness 36 years later. So, yeah, that that was, uh, <laughs> that's light uh, for the stories I have. That's very light for the stories I have. That is episode one of the Chronicles of Lamar Chanmaker Wright. Make sure you guys check in next Saturday at 6 a.m. And I promise you this story gets better and better um, as far as entertainment. Because you guys will hear a lot uh, of 
violence and how stuff went down and woo you guys will understand what I'm talking about once we finish this uh, series and these episodes appreciate uh, appreciate you guys tuning in and listening please make sure you guys share 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 and again go like all the everyday talk podcast page Facebook page everyday talk YouTube everyday talk and I appreciate you guys make sure you guys tune in next time Wow I don't know that's crazy hmm wow man talk about making you feel bad I don't know <sighs> you know I think unfortunately we we all got hopefully not everybody but <laughs> uh you know, I, I got I got a lot of stories, just as I'm sure Lamar does, and you know, it just I don't know, man. It just seems normal, though. It it's what it's what it seems like, because I think when you're growing up as a kid, you just you don't know anything else, right? You just know what's happening in your own life, and then you're just like, you know what? It's probably everybody's life. But the truth is, though, I mean. It's, it's some people's lives, and then other people's lives are just way better than ours. You know, kind of is what it is, I guess, you know. But I guess the one thing I will say about this, you know, I think it was about a couple of years ago. Um, you know, I, I think I, I came out with an episode. <sighs> can't remember what it's called. I wish I could look it up. I don't know if I can. Um... If anybody out there is interested, anyways, I came out with something similar like that. I mean, it's not it's not the same shit, but you know, it, it's kind of similar. And I kind of masked it, though. I did. I masked it a little bit. I don't know if I I went through everything. What happened with my family, but. I definitely called it something like, I don't know. Let me see if I can find it real quick. I know it has nothing to do with this, but. You know, I, I think that we all go through some shit, unfortunately, and. You know, it's just, I don't know. It's really sad to talk about and it's really hard to listen to, but. Fuck, man. It just, it makes us who we are, right? I mean, I got so many goddamn episodes. I really do. It's like, does this guy ever stop recording? That's what, uh, I think that's what people think about me anyways. I just, you know, I just love what I do and I got so much to talk about usually. But, um, I don't know. We're, we're going through the years, really. Just of the Joe Madness show, really. Just so much crap, man. It really is. I don't even know if I can find it. Maybe I wouldn't even know what the fuck the name of it was, but it's in there somewhere. It has something to do with sex or something like that. Um, I don't know. It's probably way before I met Angel. I recorded this. I don't know. If I can't find it, then fuck it, you know? Anyways. But yeah, I pretty much just talked about how I was molested, you know, as a kid by 
by women and just kind of grew up. And I, you know what? I didn't, I never caused any harm to anybody physically or, you know, did any of that stuff myself. But yeah, I guess that's the story for another day. You know, we're doing a tournament, a podcast, you know, just hearing that just, man, just brings up a lot of horrible memories, right? Like, what are you going to do? Anyway, so we're going to take a break. And then when we come back, I'm going to try to get these cats that were just involved on this tournament on the, on the line. You know, give them about, I don't know, 10 minutes a piece. You know, if they pick up, you know, they don't pick up. What are you going to do, right? So I'm going to play some more music. And then when I get back, that's what we're going to do. We're going to try to get them on the phone. Try to hear about the episodes that we just listened to. It's to me, I mean, they're kind of amazing, you know. People are sharing a lot of stuff. People are coming up with beautiful things in the head. And, you know, believe it or not, you know, even if it's a fictional tale, you know, like Dolio, or it's some, some real stuff like Lamar, where he's sitting there talking about his life, his mom, his dad going through some stuff, and then him witnessing it as a kid, you know, this is... This is all things that that are real, the real in the world, you know. My tablet crapped out, so I'm gonna I'm gonna cut the the episode on audio. I'm gonna pause it right there, and then when we come back, we'll we'll fucking play some more. You know, we'll we'll get these guys on the line and see what's going on with them. Maybe you can give us a little backstory of what's going on, right? So I'm sure everybody out there enjoyed it. I fucking enjoyed listening. We're fucking back, you guys. All right, so we took a break. That's what we did. Now we're going to call up Dolio first. If he doesn't pick up, you know what? We're going to go over to Lamar. If he doesn't fucking answer. I got to sneeze. Fuck. Then uh, it is what it is, right? All right, here we go. Maybe. <clears throat> oh, here we go. So I'm gonna call his uh his cell phone. Can you do that on uh, Messenger? No, I don't even know. Oh, we're gonna call him on Skype. Oh shit! All right, all right. So we're calling Dolly on Skype. I gotta blow my fucking nose. I don't give a shit. Anybody's watching. I gotta sneeze, and it's just going badly. <sighs> All right. Here we go. Calling fucking Dolio, man. Maybe he'll answer. I don't know. You're going to love Skype. You can do a lot of shit with Skype. We're getting uh, the famous Dolio on the line. Oh, he's not available. Okay. Well, fuck it. He didn't answer. I've never called him on Skype before, so you know it is what it is, right? What are you going to do? All right, so we're going to call Lamar now. If he don't pick up, we're going to go directly into my fucking show for you guys. Right? Now you're going to have to rejoin because I am cutting this video off, so this will be a separate video. All right, here we go. We're going to call Lamar Chantmaker Wright. See if he wants to talk about his uh, his episode. Here we go. 
Everyday talk with Lamar can't make a right. Be fucking hilarious if you don't answer. Oh, there he is. <laughs> Lamar. What's going on, Joe? Hey, brother. So we, we just had the matchup. You know, I'm going to go on a limb. I'm going to go on record, actually. I'm going to say it, it's going to be a really hard one to judge. You know, one's fiction and the other one's just nonfiction. They're both pretty good. Yeah, well, I'm glad I got some competition there. So what's going on, man? So you did this Chronicles of the Champ Maker, right? I'm glad you actually told the story about the Champ Maker because I was actually curious about it. And you told us about how it's inspirational and everything like that. Now, you told us a little bit about yourself. What, what made you do an episode, start a whole podcast on your own life? Uh, so, you know, everybody that I know, they always ask me like man you never talk about your past you never talk about you know how you got here you know what brought you here what led you here how'd you get into boxing and you know i always kept real reserved about my past but you know how i walked into a boxing gym is because uh the abuse i suffered as a kid um so when i tell them i walked into a boxing gym obviously i would have to tell them about the abuse abuse that i suffered and everything else I went through. So, you know, I, I just kind of, you know, I kind of shut it out. You know, I kind of touched on this a little bit, but, you know, a lot of us got similar stories. I mean, not exactly the same ones, obviously, you know, everybody's different, but yeah. we've all gone through some shit in our lives. It just kind of made us who we are today, right? Whether that's good or bad. Now, you know, to sit there and just talk about it and just record on it. I mean, I've, I've done it myself. It's it's something that I, I kind of feel like I can only speak for myself on this, obviously. But, you know, when, when I was recording on it, you know, I didn't really think about it, you know. And then afterwards, you know, I don't know if you feel the same way or not, but, you know, you shed a couple tears and then you're just like, God damn, that shit fucking happened. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Yeah, I mean, you know, listen, it's it's it's, um, it's traumatizing, you know, and at the same time, it's real uh, because I got a, a sister, you know, grew up with me that went through it, you know, and as she's diagnosed with, you know, PTSD, and her favorite thing to do is to like smother her pain from her memories is is to drink. Now I don't drink or get into drugs, so what I do to smother my pain, I spend a lot of time in the gym. Because when I'm in a gym, I don't think about, you know, everyday life. I don't think about my past. I don't think, you know, I just think about what's going on in that gym. But the moment I leave the gym, you know, I'm in my head again. So it's come to a point to where I have to let go. I have to release this. And when you let go of something, you either forgiving the person for it, but I can't forgive for this. So I'm talking about it and I'm releasing it. I'm just let go. You know, a lot of people don't don't know how to handle something like that. You know, unfortunately, you know, most of the population, in my opinion, are weak minded. And whenever they go through something like this, they just shut down. They, they turn to like pills and 
They try to get help, but it doesn't work. You know, because not everything out there is designed for this type of trauma. And a lot of people don't recover from it. They really don't. Now, I, I kind of went the opposite way, you know. I mean, kind of like you. You know, I, I do this podcasting thing because it helps me out. It helps clear my head. You know, everything's left at the door. And then, you know, whenever that fucking shit closes, man, I'm I'm in a different place mentally, you know. I'm not reminded of bullshit that happens in life and what's gone on in the past. And, you know, I can relate a lot to what, what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think that's why I got another passion for this podcast, man, because when I turn that, when I hit that record button, I'm in a whole nother world and I don't think about anything. So I think that's, this is why it's another, you know, it's real therapy. And I told you before, um, I fell in love with the podcasting only in the beginning because I, I felt like there's therapy. I felt like I could just, you know, like writing in a diary, I can let go and, uh, and not have to worry about it. But Man, you guys listen to episode one. Episode two is great. Um, I kind of held back on episode three. Episode four, uh, four drops tomorrow. I'm telling you, episode four would be the best one, man, because I took the gloves off. There's no holes, bars, and I'm letting, I'm letting, I'm letting, I'm letting it have it. Wow. All right. Is there a preview to episode four? Um, you know what? I should do a preview, huh? Well, what do you got to say about it? Let's break some fucking news. Man, listen. This, this is what I'm going to tell you. All right. Episode four is going to be so intense. It's going to be so... You're going to feel the emotion. You're going to feel the pain. And I'm telling you, I was in the house. Nobody was here. I hit record. And let me tell you, I just closed my eyes. And I was just talking. So, you know, but you feel everything from episode four. Do you feel like it's very therapeutic for you to sit there and talk about it? Have you talked about it before? No, I've never opened up, never talked about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, my wife, who I've been with, married to, coming up on, shit, I don't even know how long, 17 years now. Um, you know, they're, they're finding, my kids, you know, they're all just finding this out. You know, they're listening to the episodes. You know, they actually uh, cried at episode four. Really? Wow. You know, it's very unfortunate, man, to sit there and, and hear about people's stories. But, I mean, a lot of people can relate. It's, it's, it's horrifying. It really is. The way the state of the world is and the way that people live their lives, you know, their upbringings and the way they grew up. I mean, they go in many different ways. You know, some people succeed, some people don't. Some people just never get over the trauma, you know, that is life. Yeah, you know what, man? I, um, I was maybe about 12 years old, man, when I told my mom this, and this drives me every day that I wake up. I told her one day I would be so successful that she would regret it. I would be so successful that she would need me and would never get my help. So uh, I told her this when I was about 12. Uh, I was about 12 years old, maybe, and then, and I meant what I said. Now, you know, you talk about telling your mom this at 12 years old. So a lot of people, you know, I, I kind of feel the same way about this. You know, it's, it's something that a lot of people don't realize. But when you're an adult and you learn this, you know, it's very, I don't know, it's very soothing. 
But at the same time, I mean, everybody makes their own choices, right? I feel like when you learn how to forgive, that's it's one of the hardest things anybody, I don't give a fuck who you are, can can do in their lives is just forgive. And I, I feel like once you're able to do that, though, in any type of situation, <clears throat> then you're really able to move on. Have you gotten to the point where you can forgive maybe your mom or your dad or anything like that? That's the reason why I'm doing this. I, I will never be able to forgive. But what I'm doing, I'm telling my story and I'm releasing it and I'm letting it go and I'm forgetting about it. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's over with. You know, I don't I don't have to harbor and um, reserve these emotions and thoughts and memories inside myself anymore. I'm just letting them go. You know, growing up too as well, you know, I... I've gone through a lot of shit with my mom because, I mean, obviously she's got a lot of mental illness and whatnot, and she may or may not be all there, but, you know, it's just, it's a revolving fucking circle, man. It really is, and you kind of feel like you can only deal with it for a couple days at a time when you get together, and then even then, it's just, it's it's fucking gut-wrenching, you know, and you tell this to people, you tell them exactly what happened, why you feel this way. And they don't fucking understand. They can't understand fucking tomorrow, a year from now, fucking 12 months to 15 months, whatever the fuck the time span is. Because they've never gone through anything like that, you know? They've never, they never went through it. But even as harsh as my story may be or your story may be, man, well, the crazy thing is is that um, there's always someone with, a, with a, a worse story out there. And that's the crazy part when I think about it. There's always someone out there with a, just a, a story that's just a little bit crazier than you or a little bit more just fucked up than you. And that's crazy. Yeah, I don't know if you keep up with MMA or not, but there's this guy out there. I can't remember what his name is, but he's a heavyweight cat. He's really ginormous. And he just knocks motherfuckers out. And his story is just that he grew up in the sand dunes in fucking Africa. Building, actually just chopping away sand, and I don't know what they do with sand. I guess they make concrete out of it or something. But yeah, that's how he, he grew up, man. He fucking grew up working down there, and he got really big at a young age, and then people are just like, fuck, this guy. You know, now look at him now. I mean, he's fucking making millions, and it's unfortunate, but then it's not. I mean... Some of the shit that we go through as kids, man, it just, it makes us people. It makes us who we are. Well, definitely your past makes you who you are. You should be. I've learned that you shouldn't be embarrassed of it or, you know, try to hide it. So, um, it'll tell your story a little bit better. Um, so just let it go. Speak it, speak on it and let it go. Have you ever thought about doing stand-up comedy? Because one thing I've ever, I've always heard is that stand-up comedians are one of the most fucked up people on the planet. That's how they're able to succeed and deal with all sorts of shit, you know, related to comedy. You ever thought about doing that? Nah, man, I don't think I'd be a good, a good, uh, comedian. You tell me you ain't got one yeah. joke, man. Come on. You ain't got a funny bone in your fucking nah, body. I, I mean, I got a lot of good jokes, man. You know, I got, I got a, I got a, I got a great sense of humor. I, you know, I'm, I'm naturally funny, but, you know, I, you know, being a comedian ain't for me. 
And so I got a big show lined up right after this. Do you got some time or do you got to go? Well, actually, I have to uh, I have to go pick up my wife from work. And then, uh, you know, I'll be back here in a second. All right, well, let me know, man. Let me know when you're ready and uh, I'll put you on and hopefully we can talk about some real shit, you know. I got you, man. But, you know, uh, tell everybody to check it out. Episode two, man. You know, when when you're done with the uh, the show, go check out episode two and three, man. That shit will trip you out. Yeah, I think I'm going to play it on the show later, you know, hopefully. Go ahead. That's that's fine. Episode two, man, it gets funky in episode two. In episode three, I was reserved because I actually, she actually called me. You know, but none of that ever happened and all this. And, you know, so I, I, I kind of gave her some leeway. But then I told myself, why in the fuck am I giving a person some leeway that never had any sympathy or, or didn't give a fuck about me? So I'm wow. out the real way in a way it needs to be let out. It kind of throws you off a little bit when people call you out on it, right? Yeah, it does. You know, so, you know, I kind of like reserved on it, but, you know, I'm not doing that shit. Well, man, we appreciate your work, man. You're doing a lot of good stuff for the community. You're sharing your thoughts, your feelings, and you're getting better, man, progressively. So there's nothing else anybody can do, right? Nobody, nobody can ask any more of you. You're... You're doing good stuff out there in the world, man. We appreciate you. And hopefully you'll be back on, you know. Let me know when you're uh, you're ready, you get settled in, and maybe we'll give you a call, right? I got you, man. I appreciate it. All right, Lamar. Let me know. Okay. Later. Right. Yeah. All right, so that's been the fucking episode, right? The Tournament of Podcasts. We had fucking Lamar right on the line. So I'm going to end this video, and then I'm going to jump right back into my show. Because I still got some more material, I still got some more stuff to go over, and I'm out, bitches. Right? Gonna turn it on in about five to ten minutes, maybe. Alright, here we go.